Welcome to our weekly Wednesday night shiur. We are, as usual, dedicating this year the Lanishmas, at least the Shtamas of Shemesha, but to also give a dedication to the Mardchad and Zev. A very special individual, who I never met, but interesting what I hear about him. Um, as we promised, this week we're going to live up, of course, to our promise, because we never want to let down anybody on their promise. This week is Shmini Shmeina Shmeina. So, of course, we need to discuss... How that works, what is it all about? Um, yesterday I went to my dear friend Rabbi Leib Raskin in Raskin's Emporium and got some insight from him on it. He's always a good source for that. Um, as is well known, There are sikhs from the Rebbe. There's a letter from the Rebbe. We need to discuss the Pasha itself. Of course, this week is Chof Ches Nisan, the famous sikha that we all need to live by. I'd like to um, start with the letter. The Rebbe put out, sent a letter on Erev Pesach. Tovshin Dalid. It's a way back. Erev Pesach Tovshin Dalid. The writes to us, Chain. Tzarshiye Beishminis Shebeishminis. A person needs to have, when it comes to humbleness, humility, an eighth of an eighth. Mavur b'dach. Like explained in Chiddus. So there's a pale Shein Yenikel Rishayim. And thereby there will not be any kind of strength given to the wicked. We discussed by Pash Vayishlach the concept of Shminish Vishminis. But the Divri Bezeh asked Masha Tzarech Ian Cotton Lee with the Dukhtei. And the Rebbe says now, I'd like to mention something, a question that always bothered me, eighth of an eighth. etc. that a person should not have any kind of gaiva whatsoever. I don't think this is the right letter that I was looking for. Uh, perhaps yes. Okay. V'asayim, the Rebbe says, I will complete, I will finish off. V'asayim, Serav, B'inyin ha-ge'ula. Something in the Inyin of the Ge'ula. The Shemaiti, the Rebbe said, I heard, Eimim, they say, a piskim, shogar b'pi chesidei pelin. A expression that's always said by the chesidei pelin. The Pelish Chassidim. Shmini, Shmeina, Shmeino. Which means, the years they read Shmini 
eight times, as is this year, as will be next year and the following year. Tishmena has to be will be fat, will be fruitful. Vulayev Shalema, perhaps you could say this yesh the Yisaid al piyamavur, v'dir v'dikimchayim v'maylus misperches, something that's explained elsewhere, misperches the kiner, the eight strands of the harp, the loss of lovei, yir ben ches nimen will be eight strands. Like mishkasul kuteled the maskel l'mitzayach al shminis. Also, ches pom vayibe mashmini ubedug mashkasul bedach. Also, what it says in Chassidus, "Bina b'shachas habina b'chalak vulin, bina in all the boundaries." And of course, the two beginnings of Sharanun. In general, b'chalolus the Rebbe writes, "Huma shebina gufa ugar v'leizas," which the generalization is the spheres of habina. As it is known, the union of a tavei ba'ad edim kahos. Utchilat sadek lahavi rayim in a tera. To begin with, we need to bring proof from the tera. She came to the liyes that Rambam has kasev. Adarach mash kasev the union. Suke the malchus, the words of malchus. V'zal shekeshikherin ches pam shmini. When we read shmini eight times, azay hashana shmeina. That year is very fruitful. Like the Fidik Rebbe says, the Pirish, Beyema Shmini Atzeres, Shmini, Vigam Shemin, Vishemin, the Mile Shmini Atzeres, who par echad, the Inlizanam Echnitcha, Zayib Vegula Shlema, Veda Vimeno, Yemishiach Tzidkenu. And this Rebbe completes that letter of Erefesel Tavshin Dalit. Where the Rebbe expresses the greatness and the, and the beauty of Shmini Shmeina. Of Shmini being read eight times. Now I don't know if we... I believe I did do the Cheshmer with everybody. We'll do it again. Way back on Shabbos HaGadol we learned Pashat Tzav. Pashat Tzav was read, but then, to Mincha we read Shmini. That was one. Thereafter, on Monday and on Thursday, again we read Shmini. This is all before Pesach yet. So that's three. The first day of Pesach was Shabbos. So to Mincha again we read Shmini, which was four. Achran Shal Pesach was Shabbos. So again to Mincha we read, which is five. This week, Monday and Thursday, we read Shmini, which is seven. And then the next, this coming Shabbos is the eighth time that we're reading Shmini. No, I said I said that already. Now I we spoke about you Shmini. Heard you heard Shmini already. Yeah. You have a problem. Why? Because you have to find a meaning this week for Zazir Mitzera. You're not going to find. No. So I just told you, you have a problem. Okay. <laughs> Shabbos Hagodl. 
The Shabbos before Pesach is known as Shabbos Hagadol. Now, in order for the Cheshman to work, to be Shmini Shmeina Shmeina, for it to be eight times, Shabbos Hagadol has to be Ches Nisan. The eighth day of Nisan has to be Shabbos Hagadol. Now, we know the Chassidus brings down, the Rebbe speaks about it very often, that Shabbos is a day that minim is baruch be'kuli yemen. All the days of the week are blessed by the day of Shabbos. So, Shabbos being the blessing of all the week, we begin the cycle of the eight times that we're reading Shmini, as we said before, Shabbos HaGadol, which is Ches Nisan, which starts on the eighth day of Nisan. This is for my friend Aaron Leib Raskin, by the way. Every day of Chedesh Nisan, we don't say Tachnun. Why don't we say Tachnun the whole month? Because the first 12 days is the Nisim. The next 8 days is Pesach. It says 20 out of the 30 days of the month are not saying Tachnun, we don't say for the whole month. Typical, he plugs his phone in every week. The Nasi for the eighth day of Nisan is Nasi Shevet Menashe. Menashe, if you rearrange the word Menashe, you have the same letters as Shmena. Again, the concept of eight. We in Chabad have a tendency to read every day the Hayyem Yem from the Friedrich Rebbe, which the Rebbe published. The second word, the concept of the Hayyem Yem of Ches Nisan is Kol Neshama. Talks about every Neshama, every soul. Neshama is the same Asius as Shemena. So we are now involved from Shabbos Hagodl with the concept of Shemena. Achron Shal Pesach is the eighth day. <coughs> Again, a day which came out on Shabbos, therefore, Minim is Baruch Bekuli Yemen. All the days are blessed from this day. And once again, it's on the eighth day of Pesach. So again, the number eight. Shmini, Shmeina, if we read Shmini eight times, Shmeina, then we have the concept of Shmeina. Shmeina is Gematria, we add up the letters of Shmeina. Shin is 300, Mem is 40, Nun is 50, that's 390, and Hay is 395. We take the word Parnosa, Pei is 80, Reish is 280, Nun is 50, makes 330, Samach is 60, is 390, and Hei is 5, 395. So Shemena and Parnosa are the same gematria as well.
So Shmini, Shmeina, Shmeina, we have the Shmeina, where is the Shmeina? If you want to know what the fatness is, it's talking about in Parnosa. So we'd like to extend that blessing to everybody, that they should talk that the Shmini, Shmeina, this year, of course, we already have the bracha of the Shmini, Shmeina, as we don't know, those who don't, who like to look into calendars, it's the next two years, the same Kriyas. Next year and the year after. So that the prosperity should double and triple each time, and it should be adli dies that the person should just be able to achieve lusif until the people's lips are so full, they're so absorbed that they're already crying out, "Die, die! I can't take any more. I have more than I ever need." Um. There are many things we take out of Pasha Shmini. <coughs> we begin with the concept of what happens with Shmini, the eighth day of the Miluim. Moshe and Aaron go in. The reason he brings in Moshe is because the Shekhinah did not come down. Things did not fall into place until Moshe came in. We have the story of the passing of the sons of Aaron and Aaron's famous reaction to it. The famous reaction being Vayidoim Aaron. Aaron stayed silent. Now bear in mind, Aaron was a man of words. One thing was not his expertise, was silence. Aaron used to see to it that he was Eyev Shalom Veredev Shalom. He loved peace and chased peace. <coughs> On Eshchidish of the year we spoke about Aaron Akayin's passing. We spoke about the greatness of Aaron Akayin. He would go, if he heard an argument between people, he would go quietly to each side and say the other side wants to make up. And each side hearing the other one wants to make up, they would inevitably say that in that case I want to make up as well. But yet here Aaron says, by Yidem Aaron, Aaron remains silent. Aaron does not talk. His children, his two children, are taken away. And yet he remains silent. Was he speechless? Tells us Rashi, no, he was not speechless, Hasashon. But rather, he was in full acceptance of what happened. His Kabbalah's ale was exemplary. Nobody should ever be tested, but the worst of tests that the person could go through is the loss of a child. And Aaron withstood this test. He came out of the test, unfortunately, as we say, let us almost say with flying colors. He came through with it and he he showed and taught Klal Yisrael how we have to react by an act of God. How we have to accept God's hand and God's thought.
as awkward as might have been, as difficult as this might have been, Aaron stood quietly. Aaron stood silent. And then the Parsha goes on to discuss about the different animals. Ironically, Chofches Nisan does not coincide. It does not fall into place with the action, the reaction of Aaron Akayim. Chofches Nisan, the Rebbe tells us, we need to bring the elements of the Kalim into Tikkun. It was on Chavches Nisan that the Rebbe said, We need to cry out Ad Mosai. We need to be verbal and vocal about our dire situation here in exile. We cannot stand by idly. We need to stand and say, We need Mashiach. And the Rebbe announced at the time, this very infamous Sicha, or famous Sicha, I have done everything that I can, said the Rebbe. I leave it now up to you. Let there be ten Akshonim, let there be ten stubborn Jews that will stand up and fight and prove to the Almighty that we want Mashiach now. If not ten, let there be five, let there be three. We need to stand up and forcefully ask from the Almighty to send us the Geula Amitis Vashlema. We need to cry out, Ad Mosai. Till how much longer can we possibly be subjected to? How much longer can we be asked, can be asked of us to suffer in silence of this horrific gullus? Aaron suffered in silence, but Aaron is telling us, no, I did not. He did not suffer in silence. Aaron accepted the decree, accepted what transpired. The Pasuk tells us, chapter 10, verse 2, Pedic Yud, Pasuk Beis, Vateitze Eish Melifne Hashem, Vatoichal Oisom. A flame came out from within, from God, and consumed them. Rashi says, Rebeliezer, says, The sons of Aaron did not die, The reason that they died was because they said a psakdin in front of Moshe, their teacher. From here we learn that a Talmud needs to give the utmost respect to his teacher, to Rabbi, and may not quote, may not paskin, may not give a, a halachic rendition in front of his Rabbi. I am not without permission. 
And we see the severity of it, that they literally die. Very strange and awkward. In addition to the fact that these, the sin of the Bnei Adam, that they sinned and they gave Allah in front of Meshul Abenu. This transpired in front of two people. In front of Meshul and Aaron. In front of their father Aaron as well. And in front of their father Aaron they had two mitzvahs to be watching out for. A, in front of your father to respect and B, in front of your teacher. Aaron also taught them. So in that case, why Rashi? Are you choosing that they gave Allah in front of only Meshe, that teacher? It would be so much more potent, so much more pertinent to say <coughs> that they did this in front of their father. And therefore there were the two love they were ever. Kibbut Av, respecting the father, and Rabbi, and the master teacher. Why choose Mesha? We can use right away the example of what we just went through on Pesach. There's a halacha that on Pesach we said halachically that when you drink your cups, a person needs to drink the cups of wine leaning over. However, if a Talmud, a student, is by the Seder of his teacher, of his master, of his Rebbe, then he may not, out of respect, may not lean over. Halachically, he may not. Now, how can he get away with it? How can he get away with it? If the teacher says, you have Rishos. But otherwise, halacha, the first halacha on the, on the basis is on a regular... You have to understand, we're talking also here about the fear of a teacher. You don't even ask. You wouldn't ask such a thing. But if the teacher said yes, then you would be allowed to. But the teacher does not have to. Tell him, I give you rishas. The teacher does not have to say, I grant you permission to drink leaning over, because the mitzvah is to lean over. So the chayr, the teacher would want to say to the student, I understand that you want to do the mitzvah properly, and you don't want to leave my table. So I'm granting you permission to do so. And what we would think logic would dictate that we'd say it would only be right for the teacher to do that. Zaktin no. Hazalka says, Shaganara says no. He does not have an obligation to tell them anything. Mashainkin, a child sitting by his father's table, even if his father is his master and teacher. He has to lean over. Because we take for granted that the Father forgives him. That the Father allows it. 
<coughs> even though, as we said, it's twofold here, the fellow has to honor his father and his teacher, still in all, we say the father probably is going to allow it. Masheikin, if it's only by the Rav, it's not the same. That's why we have to understand now why Rashi chooses only to say of Moshe, in front of Moshe the teacher, that although they needed to honor their father as well, but a father has the compassion for the child, and the compassion for the child will allow him to do what he did. But Misha did not have that. He could have said it. He could have said that my nephews, they're Tamid Chachomim, they're smart. But he didn't have to. Because he didn't have to, he didn't. And because he didn't, they ultimately died. But then Rashi gives a second opinion. They were drunk when they came into the Migdash. <coughs> and Rashi brings a riot to that. His proof is because right afterwards the Psukim talk about not drinking wine. It's a very famous question on this as well. Moshe says to Aaron, "Washedibar Hashem Leimer, Bikrevei Ekadish." And Rashi explains in chapter ten again, verse three. Rashi explains, "Achshav Reani Shem Gedelim Imeni Mimcha." I now see that they are greater than you and I. How is it possible? To be by another one of you who were greater than Mesha and Aaron, that they should be Shasiyayin. They should have been drunk. It doesn't fit the MO. The Irachayim HaKadosh explains the famous explanation. Another one of you died. Because of a great yearning to come closer to God. <coughs> We've explained the previous Yurim. The concept of Ratzum Veshev. The person needs to have the yearning within oneself <coughs> to connect, to attach oneself to Hashem. However, that Ratsu needs to have a shave, needs to have a return policy. We are not meant to do mitzvahs or to daven with such a slavist that we come to Kalei Zanefesh, with such fervor that one dies from it. Because if yes, Chazim would never have a minion. He'd start with ten people and they all die behind him. 
So in that case, not of an avio who acted only on Ratsui and could not deal with the concept of shave any longer. How did they go into the Migdash Shasiyayim? Elamai. They didn't hold back. And they had this strong yearning. As it says later in Achimais. They're coming up close to God and dying. Meaning the reason for their death literally is because they attached themselves to God. They took themselves off from the physical world and became one with God. So let us understand what does Shosuyayin mean? Does it really mean they were drunk? Rather, the kavana, the intention of the word yayin, refers to the seides and primias hatera, the secrets of tera. For those keeping score at home, mesechtes erevin, daf samachay at the bottom of amralif, sixty-five, side one towards the bottom. The Gemara says, Nichnas Yayin Soid. Wine goes in and the secrets pour out. Just like wine reveals the inner secrets of a human heart, so too spiritually speaking, when we refer to the Yenishel Teda, the wines of Teda, this is the revealing of the secrets of Teda. Ah, now that we look at Yayin differently, it's not that sparkling thing in a glass, or that off-the-tasting dry liquid in a cup, or even that sweet syrupy Malaga wine. Shosi Yayin now refers to the Ruchnias, the secrets of Teda. They were so involved in the secrets of Teda, they were so within it, it was within them, they were shasui to an extent that they literally took them out of the, took them out of this world. When a person learns a Halacha. There's a piece of Gemara. And the Gemara comes up to a brilliant conclusion. And you'll see the question of the Gemara was asked. And you'll see everybody involved in this question has got a drawn face. This question is severe. But when the answer alights, everyone smiles. Ah, such a beautiful word. Such a beautiful explanation. Almost as nice as saying Shmena is Gematria Parnosa. 
it becomes beautiful. When it comes to learning Chassidus, unlike the study of Kabbalah, where the study of Kabbalah is taken out of proportion, or out of context, shall we say, and they deal with the Malachim and the Srafim and the, the they fly in the skies. It's Yamakan. When a person learns Hasidus though, Hasidus tells the person how fine his neshama is. The achievements, the obligations that he has to his neshama, and the achievements that one can achieve on this physical mundane world for his neshama, <coughs> how great it is for someone that comes to heavens with what he learned in the world. This Teda mitzvah that one can amass, only one can amass a soul in a physical body, the spiritual soul in a physical body. When the person though delves into this and puts in all his heart and soul into the study, the deep studies of Chassidus, you start to see and to feel your neshama arousing. You feel, feel the neshama literally starting to move. when a person learns Chassidus they learn the Yenish Al-Tayda they can sometimes bring themselves to such a state that they take themselves out of the situation they become oblivious to what's going on around them when they involve themselves in the Yene Shaltera, one minute, we have an issue here. Escaped phone. Okay. Computer escaped on me. And therefore, after this happening, with the Yene Shaltera, they were so saturated and elevated from the Yene Shaltera that they were involved in that it took them out, that their souls rose straight up to heaven, then there became the warning, Yain Rishaykh al Chapter 10, verse 9. It's also to drink wine in such a way, Rashi says, Yain Derech Shechrusay. One may not drink wine to get drunk. 
Although a Kain cannot drink, even if he's not drunk, if he just drank any kind of wine, if they imbibe, they're not allowed to do the Aveda. We don't have to slap on the, uh, the mask. So this, the hint is, Shaisim Yayin Shabbatayda. Drinking up the secrets of Tayda. We need to be careful. That we don't get drunk with it. We don't come to a point where the Neshama flies out from it. Rather, we need to learn it in a way the Neshama stays in the Guf. We also go, besides the Parsha, we start this week, Pirkei Avais, chapter of our fathers. Today, Chavvav Nisan was a yard site of Yeshua. Yeshua Avid Mesha. Today is Yeshua's yard site. And therefore, it's only I propose that we start with the first Mishnah Pikyavas, Pedic Aleph, Mishnah Aleph, Mesha Kibbal Tatum is Sinai, Mesha receives the Tatum, Sinai, Mesara Yeshua, and he gave it over to Yeshua. The Yeshua, the Skanim, Skanim, and the Vim, and the Vim is Sudan Shikhasagdela. The Mishnah then tells us the different hands that it turned was passed over to. And the Anshik Nesak Deila Himabrush Teshadon, they said three things Have Mesunim Adin, Tamidim Harbei, Basu Siao Glatera. Pirke Yavis is known as Milsa the Chasidus, Mili the Chasidus, words of Chasidus. It deals in an order. That we give over the Meseda of Meshe Rabbeinu, it's Misarua to the Anshikness, till the Anshikness Sagdela. And the Anshikness Sagdela give off these three pointers. Let us understand this Mishnah. Would it not suffice? For the Tana to say a generalization, Moshe got the Torah in Sinai and he gave it to the Jews. He gave it to the Jews and the Jews gave it generation to generation. Why give over this whole chain of, of events? But rather, instead of doing that, he counts off five different changing of hands that took place from Mesha to Anshikness Sagdela. I think I've said this before. I go to speak different places. One of the places I go to speak in is a company that has three different office buildings, AmeriCare. Before the holidays, before Yom Tevim, we go to speak. Inspire the people about Yom Tevim, 
On Purim, we lend in each place, we lend Megillah. We invite people to the Seder. And this year, one of the people actually took us up on it. Actually came to our joined our Seder. Many of these people are Russian immigrants. And some of them already have grandchildren. So I asked the question, as Russian immigrants, amongst yourselves you speak Russian. Do all your children speak Russian? And a lot of them say yes. And some of them even tell me their grandchildren speak Russian as well. But a lot of them say no. The children don't speak to them in Russian, they answer in English, even though they speak to the child in Russian. And the grandchildren don't even know how to speak Russian. So then I asked the question, did you have a babichke in Russia, a grandmother? And they said, of course we did. I said, in what language did your grandmother speak to you? And the inevitable answer is Yiddish. And so again I throw the question out. And do you speak Yiddish? Unfortunately, not just majority, 95% says no. 60% 60% still understand some Yiddish, but 95% will not speak it. <laughs> oh, gosh. <coughs> this is Meseda, the giving over. And this we can hint in, explain through Chsidus. Hinted now Mishnah to the ways of Kabbalah Satera through each one of the Jews, each one of the generations that were given to learn Tera and to keep it. There are five levels. One after the other. And therefore the Mishnah sees to it to mention the five changes of hands. <coughs> the first and utmost is Moshe Kibbutayda Messinai. Moshe accepts the Torah from Sinai. His Indian and Madrega of Mesha Ben Shalom is brought down Chsidis. Mesha exemplified Bittel. Self nullification. Humble, humility. And especially before God, Mesha was totally humbled. 
as we see that Moshe says to the complaints of the Jews in Pash B'Shalach chapter 16 verse 7 Shemais what's Venochanumo? they're arguing at me what is Venochanumo? This is the union of Bittl of Meshur Rabbeinu. The humility of Meshur Rabbeinu. The humbleness. And this is a lesson to each and every one of us. How we need to approach spirituality. The learning of Teda, which is the first foundation is that a person needs to understand when learning Teda <coughs> Teda is Hashem that HaKadosh Baruch Hu not someone who is a Teda the Almighty Himself gave us this Teda and therefore the person needs to learn it with humility my granddaughter told me today but now Harsina is big <coughs> they're taught in Gan she's three they're taught in Gan Hasinai was the smallest of the mountains and was so humble. And it has flowers, she said, Zaydi. It has flowers also. When a person needs to, comes to approach the study of Teda, it needs to be because of the Seichel of the Teda. He cannot do it because of the Seichel of the Teda, because of the Chokhmah. Because I enjoy the knowledge. And not only because of the Midas Shebelev, but the person needs to take himself in a level where he's totally nullified and his understanding is higher than just feelings. It's not an emotional connection with Tena, but rather a intellectual one we see this also by the Tinik Shubis Rabban <coughs> the little child studying Teda immediately as a child is supposed to, starts to talk the first thing we need to teach the child is Teda Tzivalanu Mesha if you're keeping score at home Mesech Tzuka Daf Mem Beis Amet Beis 42 side 2 is the first thing we need to teach a child. The Torah was commanded through us through Moshe. The first thing that we educate with a child with, and base his entire learning on this concept, all his life. And this we see is Meshe Kibbutayda Messinai. The foundation of learning Teda is the Bitlu, self nullification before the Avishtah. Meshe gave over this Kabbalah sale to his student, his prodigy, Masara the Yeshua. The idea of Yeshua, Yeshua was the Mishadis Meshah, Meshah's servant. 
he was totally given over to the word of Misha. The message tells us, Amar Misha Yeshua, not your children, says David to Tamesha. Yeshua will be the one to be his successor. As he will be totally devoted to you, totally devoted to what you do, what you stand for. He will clean up, he will set up the Vismedish. To the concept of Yeshua being totally devoted to Mesha and to the Tatus Mesha by day and by night, this brought about that Yeshua ultimately took over the mantle from Mesha Rabbeinu. This too is a lesson to our service to God. It's not sufficient. For a person to just feel bittle, Hakadosh Baruch Hu, nullified himself to Meishah to the Teda to the Eivishter, but rather one needs to toil, needs to feel this bittle comes through the fact that he is mekabel on himself to Ela Teda. He's given over with his whole strength, his whole existence. Even if he doesn't want to study Teda. And it looks hard to him. Don't move from the place, from the four cubits of Teda. And one needs to toil with his day and night. How does it start off? First of all, we said before, Mesha, we learned the lesson from Mesha to be bottle. Doesn't feel it only as an intellectual concept, but recognizes this comes from a higher source. This goes back to Mesha, as we said. But this has to bring the person to recognition of what he's going through. person has to have the Kabbalah's ill on himself to accept the yoke of Teda, even if he doesn't want to learn. It's not his nature to sit and learn. It's not his intellect to sit and learn. One needs to give himself over day and night to try to learn Teda. In a, in a level of never to leave the tent of Teda. This we learn from Yeshua. 
Yeshua, the Talmud of Mesha, who, as we mentioned before, today is his yard site. He accepted from Mesha the Yisayda of learning Teda, which is Menachem Numa. As a Talmud of Mesha, he opened up the Yisayda. And he developed and devoted his entire life to it. Mara tells us in Masech Seta take the Mishnah of Chesim Abayz talks about Mara talks about measuring person calculates what someone else did and what someone else didn't do, what their punishment should be or they shouldn't be. This goes upon the person himself. This goes right back to at the person, as we say, to an extent that the Dalit Mrs. Bezin have not been nullified. The four deaths that Bezin instituted have not been eradicated. Although there's no Bezna Godel that can enforce it. <coughs> the Yamara goes on to explain the chant, what other s- forms the Almighty has to make up for the Skila, Seifa, Herek, and Chanek. In other words, the Yamara is telling us that there is nothing in this world that has changed. Teda is Nitzchis. Teda is forever. And that same Teda that Meshach have been gotten Sinai is that same Teda in 5,773. From 2,448 to 5,775 many things have changed. Walking barefoot in a desert in long robes acceptable of men wearing nose rings well that came back today we see people walking barefoot with long hair and with nose rings so are we coming back is it all bouncing back the styles coming back to us that same Teda is Nitzchis we don't have to conform Teda we don't have to adjust or tweak the Teda. Yes, Teda is found online. Especially if you're listening to this year online, you'll know that. Yes, Teda is found on WhatsApp. Teda is found in all the other social media ways that people can get a dvar teda, can get a, a good vart, they can hear a good shear. Who, Moshe Rabbeinu, would have imagined that one person one day in 5,775 would text a dvar teda to somebody? Every Shabbos, every year of Shabbos, text dvar teda on the Pasha. But 
Torah has not changed. That same animal that was Mafresa's Parsa, or Mamalik Geira, according to the Torah, the animal that was mentioned, that can only have one of the two signs, still has only the two, one of the two signs. And is the only animal still that only has one of the two signs. There are no other animals. With all the crossbreeding and all the, the mixing and matching and everything else, they have not conjured up one animal that has split hooves alone and does not chew its cud, or does not only choose its cud and does not split hooves. They have not duplicated such a thing. Teda is nitzkis. Teda is everlasting. Teda is a way of life, a way of existence. And therefore, we need to accept it as such, says the Gemara. And this ties in with everything else we spoke about tonight. And we should be zeichel that this chavchas listen. We should hear again a sicha from the Rebbe. And hopefully not in words of reprimand, surely not in words of reprimand, but rather at the Sudas of Mashiach with the Shera Ber and No, of course I didn't mention it. Another wonderful world of WhatsApp, etc. And just want to remind everybody again, today was Yom HaShoah. And the day that we commemorate for the remembering of the six million that perished in the war. I personally don't go, don't hold of that. Just like I don't believe in Father's Day and Mother's Day. Because Father's Day and Mother's Day is every day of the year. So too is Yom HaShoah. We may not forget. Ever. Ever. Not on Sundays, not on Mondays, not on Tuesdays. We don't need to only dedicate that one day a year to those survivors. Someone mentioned today that 80% of the survivors living in Israel are below the poverty line. How horrific these condition, these holy, holy souls should be in such a predicament. But Zacher, remember and not forget. And we merit that the Ebishter remembers and does not forget us and does not leave us here. As we said in the beginning of the Manashtana, as the Ebishter, as the Kindles on the Shlafen we are not falling asleep in the Golas. We're not sleeping. Don't leave us here. Don't think that we're complacent. Rather, we are screaming, Ad Mosai. And we want to be redeemed tonight. And we want to zeicha that all the Jews together, although in Israel and Chutzlar it's relating Shmini, and at the cell Tazir Mitzeda, we should be able to figure out, let Mashiach figure out how to mix and match it and get everybody together, united in Yerushalayim and Akedish. This Shabbos, Shabbat Shalom to all.